0: Hello and welcome to Beyond Survival, the new teacher podcast. My name is Jamie Tom. Today is this week's episode of Teacher Talks. And this week, I'll be talking about, in 15 minutes or less, the benefits of becoming a slow teacher. And I'd like to start that by exploring a little bit a very famous fable by Aesop called The Tortoise and the Hare. I'm sure most listeners will be familiar with that fable. It tells the story of a plucky tortoise who challenges a very arrogant hare to a race. And what happens obviously is the plucky, the arrogant hare sets off at 100 mile an hour and takes an insurmountable lead against the tortoise, but our slow, ponderous tortoise, eventually, when that arrogant hare takes a nap, overtakes the hare and wins the race. At the start of my teaching career, I was definitely the hare. I did everything at 100 miles an hour, I taught rapid pace lessons. I spent hours and hours and hours on my work and I became fairly successful. I was promoted fairly earlier on to an assistant head teacher running a large department and in charge of teaching and learning. And my hair like approach continued. I kept moving very, very fast. I kept working as much as possible. I also had a running habit that was running about 60 miles a week. And eventually, and utterly burnt myself out. I was exhausted. I was signed off work for months and really, really struggled to get back into life in a school. And I realized very quickly then that something needed to change if I was going to not only survive, but thrive in the profession of teaching. And that's when I came across a book called In Praise of Slow, by Carl, Honor. And In Praise of Slow, basically argues for the tortoise approach to life. The benefits of slow. So I went on my own slow journey in education and I wrote my own book as a result of that, which was published five years ago, and it's called Slow Teaching. And I applied that slow thinking tortoise approach to education, to all things related to teaching. And in this talk today, what I'd like to do is talk about three of those areas. And I'm not going to argue that as a result of taking a more slow approach, I'm some kind of Buddha, calm and composed in all aspects of my life, but I'm certainly a different person and a different human being having recognized that I needed to go through that process so the three areas I'd like to look at are well-being communication in the classroom and improvement as a teacher and I'll start that with well-being so how can take a slow approach support your own well-being in the classroom. The first thing I would do is ask a question. How often do you spend in your life, in a school, on autopilot, running around a hundred mile an hour, doing a thousand different things and finishing you, day collapsed in a pile of your own marking, exhausted. And that was absolutely my approach. And if you make an active and deliberate choice to slow down, which I totally appreciate, feels counterintuitive, what happens is first a physical thing. You start to become more present. You start to become more patient and you start to avoid the multitasking that often takes hold when you are doing lots and lots of different things at the same time. You're more focused and you're more deliberate in what you do in the classroom. Now that supports your well-being because ultimately you become more productive. As that slower teacher, you're also more present for your colleagues and for your students. And therefore, you're building much more positive relationships. And clearly, well-being is something, we've talked about this lots on this show, that is unique and different for every individual. But when you slow yourself down, you recognise that the most important resource you have is yourself. And you're more self-aware about how you can best support that resource. And often that is not following that trap that anxiety and stress leads us into which is a tunnel vision of thinking which tells ourselves we need to do more we need to do more we need to get through the to-do list but that to-do list ultimately will never be completed instead we apply the things that help us to bring the best version of ourselves into the classroom. The second slow lens I think is very, very useful is slow communication. Now for me, if you watch a teacher who's stressed, who's anxious, who's overwhelmed in the classroom, what happens is everything is moving very, very, very quickly. Instructions are given quickly, tasks are given quickly. And there's a kind of manic energy and pace to the lesson. Now, what I'm not going to argue in the next couple of minutes is that we need to become a kind of tortoise teacher and do everything remarkably slowly. But instead, I'm going to ask for a little bit of a balance. And that first area comes down to the way we communicate. Because our teacher communication is absolutely vital in setting parameters, setting expectations, and the quality of learning that happens in a classroom. And what you find is if you do slow down that teacher presence at the front of the room, if we slow down the way we are giving explanations and the way we are asking young people to behave in certain ways, communication is supercharged we're better, we're more efficient, and young people really start to hang on to what it is we are saying in the classroom. And slowing down to achieve that impact in our explanations and our instructions does require a bit of confidence. And it also requires a little bit of preparation. Winston Churchill was arguably the greatest of the slow preparers, and definitely not the most natural of public speakers. As a child, he had a lisp, he stammered, and one of his ambitions as a young man was to be the master of the spoken word. Something that he certainly achieved. For him, preparation was absolutely everything. He wrote out his speeches word for word, and he wrote endless drafts. And I think that level of preparation is something that we can apply in terms of when we want to deliver really, really powerful explanations and clear teacher instructions at the far at the front of the room. Peps McRae, one of the brilliant education writers, has written on this, and he says to improve the leanness of our communication, we must first get crystal clear. By the idea we are trying to convey. So, if you do have that habit, which is totally natural, and I know I fall into it when I'm feeling particularly anxious, of speaking at a really, really fast pace, one really good t- technique to avoid speaking too quickly is to pick out keywords to slow down on when speaking to the class. Now they might be essential subject specific words or key points you make in an instruction, points we need our students to be absolutely clear on. And then I think another really useful approach is being as mindful as possible about how we are breathing when we're speaking at the front of the room. When we're tense, when we're speaking quickly, our breathing in turn speeds up. Slowing down our breathing, will allow us to become more self-aware about the pace of how we are speaking. I would really recommend the episode that recorded with Kath Baxter, who's a public speaking expert, which is episode number two of the podcast. And the last thing she gives, which is a brilliant technique, is about mastering the pause Now that pause can be applied in that slow communication way across what we do in a lesson. And it's so powerful. The interview I had with Craig Barton last week, he talked about that way in which we leave space and silence to linger after not only when we ask a question, but when students give an answer. And if we have that variation in the way we're communicating, and our ability to slow ourselves, the richness of the dialogue in the room really, really improves. Now, the final area I'd like to explore is about teacher improvement. Now, quite often as teachers, we're like magpies. Magpies, excuse me, rather, as Dylan Williams says. This idea, we look for shiny new things that we can grab hold of we can start to implement in our classrooms. But fundamentally, what that happens is a kind of rapid development in which we grab things, but we never really tangibly allow ourselves to slowly grow and develop in the classroom. And for me, this is one of the most inspiring things about being a teacher. There is so much, so much, that we can improve on. And one of my favorite quotations is by Lee Shulman, who is an American who spent 30 years in research and education. And he said, after 30 years of doing such work, I have concluded that classroom teaching is perhaps the most complex, most challenging, most demanding, subtle, nuanced, and frightening activity that our species has ever invented. The only time a physician could possibly encounter a situation of comparable complexity, would be in the emergency room of a hospital during or after a natural disaster. Now, let that linger for a second. Now that could be perceived to be utterly terrifying, demanding profession, the most challenging you could ever encounter. But for me, that's really, really exciting. It captures the varied nature of teaching. Those of us who are perfectionists, the cruel reality of being in a classroom is you can never really attain the lofty goal of teacher perfection. And instead, Shulman's philosophy begins to remove the stress and competitive element of teaching and makes the goal of teaching simple. We should all be on a path to slowly, incrementally, being one step better than we were before. So how can we do that? I think the richness of things that are out there for us as teachers is really, really exciting. And I found when I was blogging about my classroom practice, it was really exciting and helping me grow and develop. And it might be a case you pick one thing a term that you really want to master and develop in. And that might be something like questioning. And you might go into colleagues' lessons and just spend 10 minutes in there looking at their lessons through that lens of practice. You might read as much as you can on that particular aspect. You might get some coaching, a colleague to come in and look just at that area until you feel in a position where you are feeling more confident with it. And that, for me, that slow teacher improvement is what we really, really need to look at in order to develop what we are offering young people in our classrooms. So I hope those three areas are useful and helpful in giving you some ideas to reflect on. So embracing the slow teacher philosophy to develop our well-being, the way we communicate in the classroom, and how we work to improve and develop as a teacher. Thank you so much for your time. I hope that's been helpful. As always, if you know somebody in the first five years of the teaching or who's training to be a teacher who might benefit from this talk, I'd really appreciate if you pass on. Thank you.